So our reading is Ephesians chapter 2, um, the first part, which is 1 to 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Father God, please, by your Spirit, speak to us through these wonderful words from your Holy Word. Amen. It's lovely to be with you again, and uh, thank you for your welcome. Those verses this morning... By the way, the translations vary a bit, so the version I'm using may not be quite the same, and the one that was read wasn't quite the same as the one on the screen, but it doesn't matter. You'll get the gist of it. But these verses are one of the most lavish spreads of spiritual food in the whole Bible. And the great expositor, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was famous in my student years, would probably have taken at least a year on these ten verses alone. And another famous preacher, John Stott, once remarked that if he were to take on a new church, he would begin by preaching on the letter to the Ephesians, and he would go on preaching on Ephesians until the congregation really grasped how their church was meant to be. That's why this has been chosen for you here at St. Margaret's. This is how we are to be as Christians, as a church, and as a community. And yes, these verses are an amazing banquet, a table laden with so much spiritual food. And I'm going to continue with the spiritual banquet metaphor I hope, you, yeah, there we are. I'm going to treat you first to a starter, then to the main course, and finally to a suite. First of all, the starter, to get our taste buds going. You were dead. What a starter. What an opening. You were dead dead. Not, of course, physically dead, spiritually dead, dead towards God. How so? You were dead through the trespasses and sins 
in which you once walked. Two words to make the point, trespasses and sins. Just getting lots and lots of things wrong in God's world. And all these wrong things that we human beings do cut us off from God. He can't be with us when we do these things. He hates them. His eyes are pure and he can't look at evil, says the prophet Habakkuk. So towards God, we are dead, cut off spiritually by all our wrongdoing. Now, I've been a Christian for 67 years. And to be honest, I've forgotten what it was like to be dead towards God. Because for those 67 years, I've known that God is my true father, that Jesus lives in me, and I belong to him. I'm not dead towards God. I'm alive, and I have been for 67 years. But we were dead. That's how it was for us. And how did God see us then when we were dead to him? Verse 3, we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. Children of God's wrath. He really doesn't like our wrongdoing. Of course he doesn't. When he sees the evil of the aggression in Ukraine, or against the Uyghurs in China, or by the Taliban in Pakistan, or the military in Myanmar, he doesn't stand aside. He hates it. And what about our destruction of this planet? The greed that lies behind our carbon emissions and the nations that are least responsible for the emissions are bearing the calamitous effects of the rising temperatures. And of course, this wrongdoing affects us all with right down to acts of unkindness, bullying, selfishness, and so I could go on. St. Paul says we once lived in the passions of our flesh, that is, putting our desires ahead of care for others, following the desires of flesh and senses. And so we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. That's God's anger at our sin, at our turning our backs on him and what is right in his world. It's not hard to see that. We felt dead towards God, and he felt very disturbed at us. So, my friends, that's the starter for our spiritual banquet. It's a very simple but uncomfortable message. You were dead. By nature, children of wrath like everyone else. But it's to awaken our taste buds for what's to follow. Has the starter stirred up stirred us up so as to be ready to hear what God is going to do about this situation. And so verse 4, but God. And now we come to the main course. He rescued us. You were dead, but God made us alive. We were in a very serious position but God has acted amazingly to save us. 
Now, this main course has this most wonderful array of mouth-watering food for us. Listen first to God's attitudes towards us. Verse 4, God who is rich in mercy. Out of the great love with which he loved us. We who ignored and rebelled against him, God gives us these amazing attitudes, mercy, great love with which he loved us. And then verse 7, showing kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We've been singing about some of this. What a turnaround. We were dead, children of wrath, and now it's sheer mercy, sheer love, pure kindness. Isn't that amazing? And I want to ask you whether you personally know how overwhelmingly warm God's emotions are towards you. Personally. It really couldn't be stated more strongly. Rich in mercy, great love with which he loved us, kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for you and me and not just to you and me but to all our Christian brothers around us and not even only to them but to those all around us even those sadly who are still dead so that great mercy and love and kindness is true of your siblings your relations your neighbors your friends who don't yet know Jesus God is rich in mercy, full of great love for them, and it's the same love with which he loved us and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. It's really important that we grasp this. And I want to tell you that I think it's taken time with me to grasp the measure of this astonishing love towards me. It is wonderful. Well, if these emotions are what, if you like, gives the main course its flavor, let me take you to the meat. His rescue. He made us alive together with Christ. We were dead. Now we're alive. That's what his mercy and love and kindness has done for us. He raised us up with Christ from being dead he seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, this isn't just in the future. It's already happened to you and me. In the spiritual realm, through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, we are already sitting alongside Jesus Christ at the Father's right hand. You and I are there, sitting with Jesus. You're not dead to God, you're alive. You're not hoping that Jesus might come and help you. You're sitting alongside him, spiritually. He's invisible in the heavenly realm, but you're there with him. This is absolutely staggering. Not dead, but alive with Jesus in heaven, now. But not only now, it goes on forever. For verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace 
in kindness in the ages to come. And it's all grace. That great big Bible word, thank you for singing about grace. That means that it was in no way deserved by us. It was God's sheer kindness, his gift to pull us out of deadness into his life. Verse 6, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. And back in verse 5, he made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness. And it's definitely not the results of any works we do, so we can't boast, verse 9. Grace, 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 three times. Gift, gift. Paul keeps using these words, and God is standing before you, saying, here you are, my friend, my daughter, my son, here you are. This is my gift to you. I have saved you. You're no longer dead, you're alive. And now you sit spiritually with me in the heavenly realm. And my kindness will see that this lasts for you right into the ages to come. Do you like it? It's absolutely wonderful. Now, every so often, someone does something kind for me that I hadn't expected and which I don't think I deserve. Throughout my 79 years of life, I could give you countless examples of people doing something for me that was unexpected. For example, in three of the first four places where we lived in our married lives, God provided for us a couple who just loved us and went out of their way to bless us. It was sheer grace. And that evokes in me a sense of wonder. Why are they doing this for me? Perhaps you know that experience yourself. And it can be the same for us with God. Why is he doing this for me? His grace changes everything. And why is he doing this for me? Not just so that I have the joy of sitting with Jesus in heaven, not even so that um, whereas I was dead, I'm now alive. He's done it for a purpose. Verse 10, and here is the second main course, if you like the fish this time. His purpose, the purpose of the rescue. We are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. We are made, he's done all this, with the purpose of our doing good works. One Bible version has a lovely translation of those words, we are what God has made us. It says, we are God's work of art. God's work of art. I love that. You and I are like sculptures in progress. God working away with us day by day, year by way, year, year by year, chiseling away, 
to make you and me what he wants us to be. And every person is a beautiful work of art, which if we will let him, God is shaping to be someone who does very good works. The whole purpose of this great act of rescue, of making us alive, is that we live out God's wonderful ways on earth. Good works. That's what we're made for. We are God's work of art, or what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. And we can't do these good works by our own effort. First of all, we have to be made alive, then alive in the power of Christ Jesus, and beautifully shaped by God as a work of art, we can live good works. We know that God wants a better world. And he saves us and makes us alive so that we live differently. We live good works. God has done it so that we live out his kingdom here on earth. And every church is to be a people who live differently, a people of good works. But these good works are not just what we think might be good. They've been planned and prepared by God for us to follow. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. In other words, God's got it all worked out. What it is to be for you and for me. God won't normally put his directions in the sky, nor will he call out loud to us. Through his Holy Spirit, we sense his leading in our thoughts, and indeed he, he rules over the circumstances in our lives to make us do the good works he has prepared. But always keep in our minds, Lord, is this from you, or is it just my own bright idea? We can learn to know the peace of the Spirit, learn to sense what God is saying, this is my way for you. And God wants us all to be able to look back over our lives and be able to say, God led me there. He gave me those good works to do. He gave me that post so that I could do what he wanted. In two weeks' time, I shall be 80. And I can truthfully look back over my life and see that God has placed me in lots of different places in order that I would hopefully do what he wanted me to do. He wants you to look back over your life and be able to say that. So now for you at St. Margaret's here, and for you, each of you individually, what are the good works that God is calling you to do right now? There'll be a sign of the kingdom to those around us. They'll be different from other people. I know that that's what you want to focus on here at St. Margaret's. What are the good works God has prepared for us to do right now? I remember years back hearing about a church in South London in Brixton Hill, and they didn't know what God wanted them to do, so they went round the estate asking them. And the people said, well, the litter's terrible. So the church picked up all the litter on the estate. We must be good news in the neighborhood. 
So, just to remind us where we've got to in this meal, the starter, you were dead. The main course is, but God, by grace, 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 you've been saved, made alive, seated with Christ, created for the good works that he's prepared for you to do. And all of this because of his mercy, his great love for you, and his kindness. And so we come to the sweet. British people love their puddings. Did you notice how many times in these verses it said, in Christ? I glossed over that a bit to leave it for the sweet. Five times it comes. God made us alive together with Christ, seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In the ages to come, kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand. It could hardly be said more in ten verses, five times, in Christ Jesus or with Christ Jesus. Now, my friends, the sweet at a banquet rounds off the meal with a good taste in the mouth. And usually there are lots of sweets to choose from. But our spiritual meal this morning is complete because it's all in Christ Jesus. There is only one sweet to this meal, and it is in Jesus. On the 18th of May, 1955, I opened my heart to Jesus. And now, that was 67 years ago. I was 12 years old. And while it's true that I've completely forgotten what it felt like to be dead, cut off from God, throughout those years, 67 years, Jesus has come to mean everything to me. And that's because Christian faith is Jesus. Follow me, he said to his first disciples, and that's what we do. We follow Jesus. We die with him to our sins. We are made alive with him and seated with him in heaven, in his resurrection. We adore him for his grace, his mercy, and his kindness. And this is God's great plan to make his world better and save it a people of good works who are in Jesus. So there it is. What kind of church are we to be? Many people today turn their backs on church because they think church is condemning them. They think church is about rules. They think church is boring and out of date. But we need to call, talk we need to talk constantly about Jesus. How he changes everything. How his purpose is to build a better world. And we need people all around us to see the good works that we do because we are Jesus' people. So here is your spiritual banquet this morning. The starter, you were dead. Children of God's wrath. The main course is God made you alive. 
attitudes of mercy, great love and kindness to us, rescuing us, making us alive, seated with him, all by grace, 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 and his purpose, good works, which have been prepared for us beforehand. And the sweet is simply Jesus. Everything is Jesus. Amen.